Hello and welcome back to AHP's Off The Record. My name is Enna. And my name is Jo. And this is episode six. All of our Facebook page and everything has been really good to learn about other AHP professions, especially some that we didn't necessarily know too much about. Exactly. Um, so before doing our appreciation post, I really didn't know anything at all about this profession. Um, I really enjoyed learning a bit more. Um, so I'm very excited to announce that our guest today is Heather Turkington, who is a drama therapist. Um, Heather, do you mind introducing yourself? Absolutely. So I'm Heather. I am based in Northern Ireland and I'm um, a drama therapist in County Armagh there. Um, and I work in a male residential facility um, for mental health. Yeah, I'm a drama therapist there. Perfect. Really good. And I think we explained a little bit before we started this, but I it's my task to explain a little bit about what drama therapy is. Um, yeah, so you can, if it's all right, then let me know. But I'm going to be taking this off the official drama therapy website. At least now I'm hoping I've definitely got the right one. Um, so let me know how it goes. But so drama therapy is a form of psychological therapy in which all of the performance arts are utilised within the therapeutic relationship. Drama therapists are both artists and clinicians and draw on their training in theatre, drama and therapy to create methods to engage clients in affecting psychological, emotional and social changes. Drama therapists are trained to enable clients to find the most suitable medium for them to engage in group or individual therapy to address and resolve or make troubling issues more bearable. How does that sound? Did I miss anything? That sounded absolutely spot on. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and one of the things that we found when we were starting these podcasts and so we've got our definitions very beautifully out of the way. Yeah. Um, so I guess we might as well move on to the questions. And it is my task to ask you the first question, Heather. So we would love to know how you got into drama therapy. Wow. Okay. Well, it wasn't a straightforward kind of um, journey for me. I was actually living in Australia. Um, I was there for three and a half years. Um, and I knew I'd be going home soon, but I wasn't sure what to do. Um, I had a community theatre company for a couple of years. Uh, we had worked kind of between England and Northern Ireland and I loved it, but I really knew that ultimately like it didn't quite fit with me. Um, so when I was moving back, I knew that there was something else that I needed to be at and I needed to find it. Um, so I kind of toyed with the idea of come like becoming a therapist basically, but I kind of realized that I needed to like give a nod to my creative side as well. Um, so I think what I ended up doing in the end was actually just doing a random Google search. And like, <laughs> it must have been like the words like drama and therapy and job um, because <laughs> I had never heard of drama therapy. Otherwise, I would have been all over it years ago, you know, because it's just everything I love. Um, so yeah, I kind of struck gold with that Google search and up came drama therapy as a master's and a profession. And I was like, this was made for me or I was made for it. So yeah, I applied for the course in Ireland when I was still in Australia. The course in Ireland was still running then. Unfortunately, it's not anymore. 
Um, and I was due to start in September 2016, which I did. I came home and, and started that. That's so good. And did you get any, did you get to speak to anybody who was a drama therapist or like do any kind of like work experience or anything like that? I think it's very hard to get work experience as a drama therapist or as a therapist in general. I think just because of kind of the confidential nature of the work. Um, I, there aren't really many of us. I think there are, there are four registered drama therapists in Northern Ireland. And at that point I had no idea who they were. Um, I, I didn't know if there were any at all at that point. It wasn't until pretty much after I graduated that I found the other three. <laughs> so what I did was I sent a really long, annoying, lengthy email to the course leader who actually laughed at me afterwards about it. She was like, Heather, you, you were really keen. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I, I asked everything of her and I kind of did my own research into it and did some more really... Good Google searches with words such as drama and therapy and what, um, <laughs> so <laughs> they kind of filled me in for a while. But the more I kind of looked into it, the more I was just like, oh my goodness! Like I can't believe I'm what what age was I? I was twenty eight, and I was only finding out about it then because I just felt like it was just it was just my career, you know. Whenever I started kind of reading about it, um, so no, I hadn't really kind of talked to anyone. <laughs> really I just kind of done my own kind of little research around it and I knew what I loved do you know what I mean and I knew that those things were 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 in the job description so it seemed natural to kind of look into it further I suppose yeah it's crazy really because you're right like you know I love drama I've done Amdram stuff growing up um for my whole life but honestly until actually looking into the 14 AHP professions to to um do stuff for our page I I just never even heard of it yeah yeah exactly so um no I, I feel really kind of lucky that it found me um so you know I had done kind of like the community theater stuff and you know acting and all the rest of it but I always had this passion for kind of helping people as well and it was always uh, a struggle I suppose to kind of make those two meet because theater and and therapy like you know how in what world do they meet but in drama therapy they do so you know that kind of worked out for me <laughs> and do you mind telling us just a little bit Heather about what your you mentioned it a little bit but what your current job role is yeah so I am <laughs> yeah it was it, it was hard to get there as well um I started off in this kind of company as a care assistant moved on to activities and then once I uh, got registered and qualified and all the rest of it um, obviously there are no drama therapy roles in Ireland ready made and good to go so I had to make my own <laughs> um, so I um, put a big proposal into our head office basically and and told them all about what we were but I am a drama therapist for um I'm in a male residential facility kind of dealing specifically uh, with men with mental ill health. Um, so yeah, for the last year and a half since I got the role, I've kind of been creating it and honing it and um, learning a lot about my own profession. And I've absolutely loved it. So that's where I am at the minute. I have 37 clients, so that's cool. <laughs> Okay. you mind just telling us a little bit because I don't I still don't really know in terms of what would like a typical a typical day for you look like 
currently. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, and <laughs> this is the the strange thing because I didn't have anything to go off really. Um, yeah. Because I'm the I'm the first person to kind of be employed as a full-time drama therapist by by somebody basically um hopefully very much hopefully not the last um (laughs) so yeah I kind of had to make it up and it seems to be going really really well um I know drama therapy is not going to save the world you know there everyone responds differently to different types of therapy so I was very aware of meeting the clients where they were at and you know trying to see um who actually really like responds well to drama therapy and who doesn't so a lot of the time for the first kind of six months it was a lot of figuring stuff out and figuring my my day-to-day schedule out I suppose mm-hmm. um but basically I have a four weekly schedule now at the end of all that and um I see some people once a week and I see some people twice a month and I see some people once a month but every single person in that facility gets um offered a session with me at least once every 28 days basically um but I have kind of figured out now who really like is made for drama therapy who like responds to it well and who is making it like the 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 best progress within themselves I suppose um so yeah it's been really interesting kind of like figuring my schedule out but right now that that's where it stands I've kind of um I feel like I've I've started to figure it out and how do you get um ideas of of sort of specific things to do with specific people do you are you sort of finding out about their interests and yeah I was very I was very lucky in that respect I suppose because I'd already worked as activities in that place um so I was going in knowing a lot of the guys kind of what they were into, how they responded to things, um, you know, whether they were more verbal or nonverbal, that sort of thing. So I had a really good grasp of where to start with a lot of them. But I think drama therapy is very, very person centered as a therapy. And I will always go in kind of figuring out how they work. Otherwise, for me, there's no point. I'm not going to tell, go in and tell someone to, you know, um, create a play from scratch for me if they don't know what drama is. You know, it's going to start from a different perspective um, and or a different modality or something like that. I'm not going to tell someone, um, you know, read someone's stories or have them make up stories if that is not what they're into. So, it's a very kind of gentle process. I think that is also really beautiful. And I love the whole client led um, idea of drama therapy because they are doing all the work. I just get to facilitate it and be there and watch this amazing stuff happen. Um, so really yeah. beautiful thing to, to be involved in. And do you do any any sort of group activities with different people in in the centre or all one to one group activities? Not so. I would actually more be one to one. And I know drama therapy. Drama, drama therapy is usually a, a group kind of session, typically. Um, mm. But just with the the clients that I work with and the service users that I work with, it has worked out that it is easier, safer all the rest of it to be doing one-to-ones now if I notice that two people are going through 
the same kind of issues or whatever, I will give them the option um, to join together or to, you know, to have a few people there. Um, but largely my work uh, would be one to one. Amazing. The other, um, the other topics that we've been covering with this podcast and all the AHPs that we're interviewing is obviously the last few, the last sort of six months have been pretty crazy for everyone in terms of affecting our, our personal lives and also our professional lives. Um, and we're re- really interested to hear how the, the coronavirus pandemic has affected your, your role in drama therapy or whether it's made any big changes to what you're able to do, any changes in your practice or generally any changes to the drama therapy profession? Yeah, so I actually feel like I've been incredibly lucky throughout the whole pandemic. Um, my role has remained relatively unchanged. Um, so I'm seen as an essential a key worker. Um, and since we're like a, a closed residential facility, um, everyone's really kind of been able to keep their shift pattern as it was. And um, yeah, the only thing that I've kind of realized in my sessions is that the themes have very much acutely become those of isolation, loneliness, um, a little bit of panic, you know, so just those collective feelings that a lot of people are feeling right now anyway, you know, it's in our little bubble as well, you know, in work and um, yeah, they're all shielding and um, yeah, there, there's just a lot of kind of loneliness because families aren't allowed in that sort of thing and you know, I'm in full PPE when I'm working. So, you know, it's hard to kind of like have the same therapeutic kind of, I suppose, relationship with someone when you're just covered head to toe in PPE. It's like yeah. eye contact is the only thing you can have, but that is, you know, between like four layers, <laughs> you know? And yeah, um, yeah so it it is very different as an environment and you can definitely kind of feel it um but you know they've actually all done like we've all done really well in our place and um yeah I, I think we're, we're we're coping um so yeah that's that's where it is with us at the minute would you say that people have needed kind of like your service a bit more in the fact that with all this uncertainty and all the changes and things that have been that have been happening with the increased isolation of have you found that like drama therapy um, has played a really a really good and vital part in helping kind of normalize the situation or at least being able to express their emotions around what's been going on in this pandemic? To be honest, I think there is another kind of pandemic coming off the tail of this one, which is mental health specifically. I mean, everyone's kind of suffering with it. And I or a lot of people are anyway and I just think that there's going to have to be so much more um like uh, attention given to how we deal with mental health coming in the future um and that means getting in new services like drama therapy like music therapy like art therapy you know those things that are kind of on the fringes right now that people have kind of gone you're a drama what 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 so you you teach drama no like there has to be kind of more education around that there has to be more like involvement of those therapies in the health service in the future because they're going to be so crucial to how we move forward after covid basically um so i definitely think that we have a 
a very important place um, coming up in the healthcare system. I do think that I have been completely essential um, in my workplace throughout um, throughout this pandemic. Um, and I think for my service users, it has been so much healthier for them to be able to deal with emotions and feelings as they come up rather than, you know, bottling it all up and trying to deal and then it coming out kind of you know maybe a couple of years down the line or whatever so it's kind of like dealing as we go I provide that like safe space for them to be able to to get through that I suppose and they do the work I just I just give the space for it And knowing that as well, because I know I know you said there are very few drama therapists in Ireland and not really any courses available at the moment. Um, and I know from from things you told us before that you are you're currently doing a lot of work trying to um, get a drama therapy course back up and running. Um, I'd love to hear a bit more about that because it sounds like it's something obviously you're really passionate about. Yeah, well, because there there are basically only four of us at the minute. I I know there are a few kind of. Um, coming up to to get registered now and that is awesome but as it stands at the minute there are no more drama therapists coming to Ireland and yeah like to become a drama therapist now anyone from here and I get emails like from people quite a lot like all the time just going right how do I become a drama therapist and I'm like oh you go to England (laughs) you know (laughs) but then you know a lot of people once you leave Northern Ireland you know and you find a job and you get trained over wherever, whether it's England or wherever, they don't come back. And that means that drum therapy does not have a place for them here anymore. Um, or they don't have a place for drama therapy. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of why I think it's so essential and important that we get a course up and running as soon as possible. And there's a wonderful group of people. There's um BATTA, which is the British Association of Drama Therapists, and there's IACAT, which is the Irish Association of Creative Arts Therapists. And um yeah, there's a, a few of us from from both of those that have just been doing a lot of zooming recently um and a lot of emailing and trying to figure out how we can do this and um yeah, to make sure that it's a course that will actually kind of stand the test of time um, and not kind of um, crumble like the last one. So, um, yeah, and that it provides quality training and, you know, all the rest of it. So we are very much trying to get that started and up and running at the minute. And um, we've no time frame for it, but it's on our agendas. So, yeah, I think that's one of my main passions actually is making sure that drama therapy continues drama therapy gets into the healthcare system that sort of thing and I think from our perspective I think that's why we are really excited to try and help promote all of our allied health professions but especially the ones that are lesser lesser known about because that they're you're clearly doing great things and there's so many benefits of it it's just more that people don't necessarily have access to it or they don't know about it so actually just as as much as you can just kind of getting your profession out there like we applaud you for that because that way we've been able to share about what drama therapists do and hopefully one of the aims from our podcast is to try and encourage people who don't necessarily know about about our professions to try and um look into becoming one of our professions so maybe hopefully at some point someone will listen to this and be like you know what I want to be 
I want to be a drama That's therapist. That's it. And to be fair, at the minute, I am all over AHP day. <laughs> like, I think all of the other professions are like, oh my gosh, Heather needs to stop. But I am like, this is too big for, for drama therapy to miss. Like, you know, this is where we get the word out. And this is where, how and where and when we share like our potential as drama therapists and of the profession, the potential of the profession, because it is ginormous. Um, there's, we've so yeah. much to give and there's a definite space for us in, in, uh, in the healthcare system. So we're, we're just ready to kind of go for it, I think. Um, and it's, it's an exciting time as well. You know, it, it really is. Um, I was just absolutely delighted to get on to the HCPC register like that took forever <laughs> you know so every kind of step I'm just you know oh it, it feels like like a slog but you know it's so exciting at the same time I think that leads on quite nicely to our next section which we call the three fives and You've mentioned it a little bit in terms of kind of where you see things going in the future. But our first three fives question is when you qualified, where did you see yourself in five years time? So because I only actually got properly got my registration through in 2019. So it was like April. Um, I've only actually been qualified for a year and a half. But to be honest, I had no idea um, what was going to happen at that point because I knew there were no jobs for drama therapists in Northern Ireland um, so I absolutely knew that I was going to have to get creative with it um, so I know that my vision then is the same as it is now and I had a few things that I wanted to do um, and I've kind I'm working my way through them um, so the first one was to create a role of drama therapist and have that role for myself and I've done that and the second is to see, yeah, <laughs> and the second um, is to see drama therapy and creative arts therapies in general um, being normalised in the public healthcare system in Northern Ireland and in the UK in general. Um, so yeah, and like I said, a few of us are working on making that happen. Um, and I didn't know if any of that would happen or get the chance to. And I'm very much taking every day as it comes. But like I said before, it is so exciting to see um just the opportunities that are arising and the the interest in drama therapy that is coming up and even the the chance to get this to do this podcast like this is amazing like I'm pure stoked about that <laughs> like <laughs> so yeah so that's you know I I kind of had visions of where I wanted to be in five years time and I'm still working on making that happen I suppose do you know what I think it's quite interesting you saying that is that actually I think in the last podcast that we did, someone mentioned about um, about drama therapy. We interviewed another, um, an osteopath um, earlier and we asked him the next question in terms of if you weren't in your current role, where would you be? He said drama therapy. Um, I've told someone recently, I was like, oh, we're going to be interviewing a drama, uh, drama therapist. And they're like, that is so cool. Their role is amazing and like not necessarily what everybody thinks it's going to be. So, like there's there's the interest the interest is there to find out more about what drama therapists do um so that I just find that really 
I think that's really good and I really interesting. Someone said they'd be a drama therapist if they weren't in the current role. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> it was quite unexpected. Yeah, <laughs> his answer was amazing. <laughs> but Heather, if you weren't working in your current role, what other area area would you work in? So I just think that I've found my life calling, so that's really hard for me to even think of. But, but. If I had to choose, it would probably be like something like social work um, or what I did before drama therapy, which was like community theatre. Um, so it would definitely yeah. be something healthy, something creative. Um, I would still be yeah. trying desperately to merge the two. If drama therapy didn't exist, I'd probably make it. I'd probably like invent it. So. <laughs> <laughs> I do feel like there are so many people even myself I feel like I would probably absolutely love drama therapy and gain so much from it I just feel like it's probably the sort of thing that that anyone can can take so many positive things from if they yeah, have the right mindset it's not just kind of um you know it's not just theater and it's just drama yeah like we use everything um so like we use art we use music we use myths we m use stories we use improvisation we use puppets we like we use shadow work we use everything you know and yeah it's just so diverse and that's what makes it so kind of like easy to be client-led because it's like oh what are you into we can do that you know like <laughs> And that, that's all right you know like we we can like be verbal or non-verbal and there's people I, I think I, I think especially men have like this uh cliched kind of perception that maybe they don't speak as much about issues or problems I mean everyone has it but men have that kind of stigma attached to them I think um sometimes and um, because I work specifically with men, a lot of them haven't felt that they're able to speak about problems, about issues. And a lot of our guys um, and a lot of adults in Northern Ireland obviously have um, a lot of experience with the troubles in Northern Ireland. And there's a lot of trauma that comes with that that just has not been dealt with because a lot of our culture would just be like, I'd be grand, you'd be grand, it's grand you know and mm. really really it's not because you know you are a lot of people are traumatized and living with that just kind of bottled up and they're unable to kind of um speak about it I suppose so um I think yeah. drama therapy creates a space where they're able to process those feelings without actually using words which can be a really kind of scary experience the other thing is is that you don't actually because it's so client-led you know you if you don't want to deal with an issue you don't have to you know if you're not to you, yeah. you absolutely are not being forced to do that so that's the other gorgeous thing about it and then once that trust is established and you know you've worked through a few things like you you yourself choose to move on to the next thing whether it be subconsciously or consciously and that's I just think it's mm -hmm. magic see when I'm working I'm just like wow <laughs> like, I can't believe this. like it's just like watching magic happen it's beautiful so our next of the three fives is um 
five things you didn't know about drama therapy before you started studying okay. it. Um, so because I didn't know much about drama therapy because I was Googling drama and therapy and job. I mean, that shows how <laughs> much I actually knew about the profession. Um, so I was just so excited. It was an actual role. And I suppose the first thing is that I didn't actually realize how intense the training would be. You are really mm -hmm. put through the mill in terms of your own emotional state. Um, you're in group therapy, you're in individual therapy, um, and as well as going on this like intensely emotional learning experience with your year group, who, if you don't know at the start of the year, my goodness, you know them by the end of that first week more than you know your best friend. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> so like the best way to learn certain therapeutic techniques in a safe kind of learning environment I suppose um is to practice on each other um so a lot of kind of really deep stuff is worked through in those couple of years so that's that's probably number one I might there's five mm -hmm. things yeah yeah <laughs> um so yeah um I suppose I didn't know it would be so difficult to find a role as a drama therapist um because I had no idea and I was like oh it's a role so that means there must be space for it there must be there must be kind of like employment opportunities. <laughs> ha ha ha. <laughs> so um, yeah, and that is also why I'm so passionate about creating those job roles. Um, so, you know, people aren't kind of graduating into this void. Um, um, mm -hmm. Number three. Um, so yeah, I didn't know that drama therapy uses kind of like I was saying earlier, like all creative methods, so like sensory play, puppetry, story, music, art, myths, um, all of that. So like they can all kind of play a part in drama therapy sessions. I didn't know that. Um, I didn't realize that after you studied, after you finished studying, that you had to keep studying. <laughs> that yeah. CPD is such an important kind of like... Um, you know it's an important thing to keep up and for confidence and for community yeah and all the rest of it like I absolutely adore CPD like I'm such a geek with it I just will pick up anything <laughs> any CPD that I can um so yeah it's it's so important I feel like you're an allied health professional's dream you just say like, <laughs> love CPD I love learning even more I love like creating all these job roles literally <laughs> the dream oh gosh um but yeah that that is that is um it is really important because i think as a drama therapist you can be really kind of isolated sometimes because there aren't many of us um and because a lot of people might not understand your role once you're in it um so really important yeah. it is to connect with those people who understand what you do and understand what you might go through in a day or how heavy it might be or whatever you know so yeah definitely definitely think that's important and um one more I didn't know how much I would absolutely hate writing notes <laughs> <laughs> oh my can definitely gosh. relate to that it's and we can all level that. hell for me all together like do you know what I love I love the face-to-face -face kind of practical um aspect of my work absolutely adore it and notes are like pulling my hair out <laughs> obviously get them done but yeah not not a massive fan so I didn't know how much I would absolutely just come to despise that I suppose. <laughs> very important part of my job though yeah.
in terms of the next question, you've probably named or said most of it, but like five things that you enjoy okay, about your job. So I absolutely adore the fact that I get to help people every day. Like I get to go to work and help people. Mm. I absolutely love that. Um, and I love that I get to introduce adults who have forgotten how to play and forgotten how to create, how to do that again. And, you know, kind of make sure that it that they know that it's not a childish thing to do. It's actually really important to like our well-being and our processing of certain things. Um, play isn't just a child's thing. It's not just a child's play, you know, like, um, it, it's so important for for adults to to engage in that as well and a lot of adults I suppose haven't been allowed to or haven't allowed themselves to so to kind of be in a space where they are being told to play and to create um yeah I, I love that I that I get to reintroduce them to that I suppose um I love that I get to like I say like it's magic whenever I kind of see a a service user kind of progress and I love seeing those milestones and those little jumps happen and um seeing the progress and them working through issues week by week um and then looking back maybe you know a few months down the line and just kind of seeing how far that that we've actually come in sessions you know I love that aspect of it um I love that it's client-centered um I love that it's completely at their own pace, that they get to do things their own way. Um, because otherwise I kind of feel mm -hmm. that um, that progress can be stifled. Um, so I really do think yeah. that the people need to be given the space to work through whatever in their own time, in their own way, how they want to. <laughs> um, otherwise it's not going to be done properly, maybe, you know. Um, so I love that and I love that it can be done verbally or non-verbally or both. Um, and I love that I get to be creative every day as well as the service user. Um, I mm. love that I love my job. <laughs> it's so nice to hear someone talking so passionately about what they do. It's really, <laughs> yeah, really like, nice. I think it's important for people to, to love what they do, you know, um, especially in a helping profession because I think that kind of... Um, gives way to an atmosphere for your clients, you know, or your services. People pick yeah. up on other people's energies and, and how they're feeling as well. And I need to, um, I need to be careful that I love my job really, you know, because it's kind of a responsibility of mine as yeah. opposed to, to keep that up. So, um, yeah, that, I think that's probably more than five. <laughs> yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> so that leads us on to our final official question, which is, what would you tell students or people who are thinking about becoming a drama okay. therapist? So I always have this thing that I tell people that please go after what you love. Um, and I remember when I started university, um, when I was doing my undergrad, my parents were like, Heather, don't do drama. I mean, do drama but do something else as a major, you know, do English, do something, do something that'll get you a job. Um, <laughs> something that's, that's not drama, Heather. <laughs> and I was like, nope, I love drama. So that's, that's what I'm going to do. Um, I had no idea how to get a job afterwards. I had no idea what was going to happen, but I knew that I loved it. 
Um, so yeah. I think if it's what you're passionate about, if you have a passion for helping people, um, a passion for creativity, for psychology, absolutely go for it. Um, so yeah, that that's that's kind of kind of what I think and I do believe that if you go with what you're passionate about the rest will will happen for you um and drama therapy isn't a popular form of therapy yet but it is completely vital and we do need more people studying and more people researching the field of drama therapy um in order for it to go to to grow into its potential so yeah um that that's kind of that's what I would say oh also if you actually do go into training make sure that you take care of yourself emotionally physically spiritually in all the ways you can possibly take care of yourself um because it is so intense it's expensive and it's overwhelming um so my experience was that I worked kind of full-time in the north of Ireland and then um studied full-time in the south and it it was too much for me, if I'm honest. And if I was to go back and do it all again, I wouldn't have put myself under so much pressure. I wasn't able to look after myself um, and do the really kind of deep, heavy work that we were doing. It was crazy. <laughs> um, so yeah, and also yeah. be prepared to kind of hustle and nudge your way into work, I suppose is the other thing. Um, because they will love the service once they have it and they won't have known that they needed it. Um, but once they have you, they absolutely will. Um, so yeah, it's, it's all really, really worth it and the personal and professional benefits and what drama therapy has kind of given me, it's just kind of unbelievable. <laughs> so I would encourage you, <laughs> basically. I think you've almost like nearly encouraged Joe and I, to be honest. Yeah. I think both of us just sat here just like smiling the whole way through it, just being like, this sounds amazing. <laughs> Hand in my notice tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I think because I had amazing. such kind of like a, well, I had such trouble um, kind of, like I said earlier, becoming registered because um, our course wasn't even recognised and, you know, didn't uh, didn't exist. So I was making a course um registered with hcpc that didn't exist anymore and yeah it, it took such a long time and i had actually did a play i had written a play and then kind of produced and acted in it with one of my really good drama therapist friends actually caro sullivan and um yeah we we had did a play in uh the five art the five lamps arts festival in in dublin and it was basically uh a play that kind of uh, described our experience of the last two years of studying. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was completely a self-indulgent kind of cathartic experience. And um, <laughs> so we, we had performed that and like, it went really well. Um, but yeah, there was just all of this kind of like emotional exhaustion and this sense of what we do now and my sense of I am never going to be registered. Like this is not going to happen for me. And I'd been fighting for so long for it. Um, and then it was the next day after that play actually had ended. I drove up from Dublin and there was a, a letter for me and I opened it and it was HCPC telling me that I'd been registered. And I honestly just cried on my bed for an hour. <laughs>
you've just like finished this play about you know what your studying experience was like you know and then this kind of happened so yeah it was it was a very kind of um it was a very very happy tears I suppose <laughs> Well, thank you so much, Heather. It's been so amazing hearing you talk so passionately about what you do. And I feel like I've learned a lot. Um, I think even coming into this podcast, as we, as we said, I really didn't know much about your profession. So it's been really, really interesting hearing about your story and, and all the hard work you've been doing um, at home trying to get drama therapy sort of back into business. So thank you so much. No problem. It's been an absolute pleasure. I've loved being here. Thank you. And that is the end of episode six. Thanks again so much for listening. Um, We hope that you've enjoyed it. If you'd like to hear more about what we've coming up in the future, then please do follow us on our social media channels. And if you'd like to hear or see anything more about drama therapy or about Heather, we'll also put her social media and some useful links into the episode bio. Ciao for now.